Hello and welcome to Ticker Points. This week's guests are Cal Carvel, the Gaelic Life columnist, and the former Armagh player Charlie Vernon. Our talking points this week are the Ulster Championship, which is ongoing. So last weekend, Armagh beat Antrim and Monaghan beat Fermanagh, and uh, both Cal and Charlie both look back at that game. And we're also looking forward to uh, Derry playing Donegal and Trone playing Cavan. But the big talking point was uh, the Ulster Championship and the future of it, as the GA are looking into changing the format and changing the structures. So, uh, welcome to the show, Cahal. Thanks for coming in again. Um, I wanted to start by asking you about the Ulster Championship that it was at the weekend there. Um, Armagh beat Antrim and Monaghan beat Fermanagh. We'll ask you about what you thought of Armagh, but to start, what did, what were you, what did you think of Antrim? How should they be thinking about this season um, after the Great League? Should they be disappointed or happy? Well, I think being, I suppose, elite athletes, they will be disappointed at how it turned out. You know, a 13 point um, well, people would describe it as a hammering um, to get beat by 13 points, especially in the modern game. But you could look at it that way. No doubt they'll be disappointed. But ultimately, I think it's been a very positive um, year for Antrim football. They've tried a couple of years to get out of Division 4. They've achieved it this year. And they achieved it winning a number of games, the likes of uh, against Sligo, where you know they won by a point at the end and they really pulled it out of the fire. So you know they can certainly be proud of their league progress and to make it a championship like you have to remember Armagh are operating in Division 1 it took them a long time to get to that stage uh, and they stayed up this year um, and Antrim I suppose it showed I think in the second half that bit of conditioning and operating at that higher level but in the first half there was a lot of Armagh people were very worried about the, the position and, and were very concerned that this was going to be a disaster in the athletic round to get beat by Antrim in the, the first round of the Ulster Championship you know it was doomsday scenario but um, I think Antrim should be very proud and when they look back when uh, McGinley and O'Neill look back maybe next week or when the initial disappointment has worn off I think they can be proud of what they've achieved and it's certainly something to build on for next season so I, I wouldn't be too downhearted I think Antrim are moving in the right direction. And for Mana losing to Monaghan, you know, were, are they in a similar situation or not? <sighs> I don't think so. I think uh, for Mana, I don't know where they're going, to be honest with you. Um, it might be that bad that Tracy Concrete, after 30 years, might pull out a sponsor on them, you know, after last weekend's Dura affair. I, I think Ricey's position's untenable now. The best players in Fermanagh aren't playing for him. Uh, they haven't uh, come out. And I think there was, a, like, Monaghan were good, don't get me wrong, but there was a I think they were slightly lost the Fermanagh team and you know they went for the, the usual defensive position but there wasn't that energy and that doggedness in the Fermanagh team and I think it was an easy in the end it was a pretty easy day at the office for Fermanagh so I really don't see where Fermanagh are, are going at present I think they need to the, the county board needs to look at it again and ask the question why the best players aren't playing the likes of Tomas Cargan, um, the Joneses, etc. And because Fermanagh is not a big county and they don't have a big pick, but they should be getting the best players to, to come out. And the question is, why aren't they? Yeah, it's interesting that Fermanagh, you know, have had such great giant killings of the pre previous year, particularly against Monaghan, but that hasn't happened. So um, we'll not see them again until next year, but what about Monaghan and Armagh? Where, where do you see them going in the next round in the semi-final? Well, it's going to be really, really interesting, especially in my part of the world where um, we're right on the border between um, Armagh and Monaghan. There's a, I've already gotten a few messages um, after the match, but... 
I thought Monaghan looked very impressive. The, the, the Mac attack up front with McCarthy, McCarn and McManus um, were the usual danger self, but they've added a bit to it. Carl O'Connell at Tehalman was very impressive, that direct running, and uh, also Mulligan with the, the three points as well. So they've added that wee bit. They have that experience and those newcomers coming in. And um, Bonte, uh, after the, the talk about Armagh, he'll be sitting in the wings. He was uh, against Galway. He was in the stand like El Chapo. So I think he'd be uh, preparing for the demise of uh, Geezer and Armagh in two weeks' time. But it's going to be fascinating. Mm -hmm. What's also f fascinating is the, uh, the Herded Championship. You, you know, you're on here previously saying that Antrim had a ch good chance against Dublin and that didn't work out. But Antrim are out again this weekend. Do you think we'll see a better performance from the Antrim Herders? Well, it's funny, um, and I had tipped Antrim, I can't, uh, it's on f uh, camera, so I can't go back on that. And I had said to a couple of um, friends to put a few um, pounds on it, so I'm not flavour of the month for them at the minute. But look, at the end of the day, look at what Dublin did at the weekend, you know, against Galway. Um, they were very, very impressive, and uh, I think they'll give Kilkenny their fill of it um, in, in the Leinster final. So. Uh, to say Antrim are completely out of it and are gone for the season, I don't agree with that. They have made great progress in, uh, in terms of the hurling and I, I think they have um, yeah, a good chance at the weekend. I don't think they'll take, I suppose, be that much disheartened. They'll look at the Dublin-Galway game and they'll say, you know, actually they were operating at a really high level and, you know, we can get up to that level and we did match them for long periods in that game. But, you know, with hurling, you, you switch off or you, you, the other team hit a purple patch. It could be, you know, five, ten points hit. So I think you, uh, Antrim will do well at the weekend and, you know, they are an up-and-coming team and I don't think that the loss to Dublin would uh, push them back too far, especially given the Galway result. Yeah, yeah. One of the issues that's been in the GAA recently has been the change to the Ulster Championship. You know, they're talking about changing the provincial system and doing away with it. Um, yeah, well, in the hurling situation, there is no Ulster Hurling Championship anymore. Uh, they're playing, Antrim are playing in Leinster and the rest of the counties in Ulster are using Christy Ring and Nicky Rackard, Larry Marr to um, improve themselves. But what do you think, you know, considering the Ulster Championships, we've seen the football championships have been so exciting, you know, over the past few years. Do you think that there is a... Um, is it a big mistake to just get rid of this or is it just the way it's got to go? Well, it's an interesting one because obviously with COVID it's slightly different, but we're sitting here now, 14 teams are now out of the championship. And maybe it's just the games or, you know, they haven't had the big matchups yet, but certainly the championship right across the board has, there's been a bit of a failure to engage the wider public's imagination, like the neutrals. Antrim and Armagh, you know, first half it was enthralling, it was an interesting match, there was a lot of mistakes granted, but Armagh ran out 13-point winners. You know, if you look to the West, obviously we were hoping that Galway and Roscommon game would spark the championship, but I think it was a doer enough affair and the weather sort of summed up the match a wee bit, you know, um, and with Galway and Mayo, you're hoping that that's going to be um, in the Connacht final, that that's maybe going to be the spark to, to light it, but even the dubs were very, very poor. I don't know if it's a hangover from Cluxton walking away or whatever, wherever he's gone on, uh, um, on holidays maybe for a while, but um, they didn't look great. And like, we have to remember Waxford operating Division 4 as well. Like, so I know it was a shock how Antrim played against Armagh, but um, you know, Waxford against Dublin, I think there's, I wouldn't say alarm bells ringing in the capital, but certainly a scratch of the head maybe in terms of Desi Farrell's position. With the interprovincials, 
I think they've been dead for a long time. Like, you know, Dublin have dominated in Leinster. It's always a toss-up. Granted, Tipperary did win in Munster recently, but it's usually Kerry, and I think Kerry will do the business again. And it's not really given those other weaker teams um, a real footing. They've got one game of the back door did uh, help to an extent, but you know when there's one match and it's knockout, and I think Ulster Championship's the only championship that's really competitive. Like Donaghy sort of said, um, a, you know, obviously the All Irelands he has and Munster titles he has, but actually winning in Ulster is a lot more difficult because you have five or six team on their, teams on their day that could beat you. So. To change it maybe to a Champions League style, that's what they've been talking about and there have been discussions in and around that format. But getting teams at the right level playing competitively against each other, I think it, ha it has to be brought in because the good teams are moving forward and doing well and the weaker teams are um, going backwards and it's just going to um, lead to more hammerings like you know the likes of Kerry and um, Clare I think there was 23 points in Sligo and Mayo there was 17 points earlier on like and that's no good for anyone so I do think it's inevitable there will be a change but there will be those people who look back with nostalgia and sort of say no we have to keep the interprovincial championships but outside of the elite you know who are they really benefiting is a question I would ask okay okay so you don't see the Ulster Championship then staying on in the future could is there any place for it at all well maybe get rid of the other three and keep the Ulster Championship because <laughs> that's the only one that's of really of interest you know um, like certainly there's been some great days uh, going down through the years in terms of the Ulster Championship and for players who the likes of the Wigger counties maybe at present the Downs, the Fermanas, um, you know, and I was going to say the Calvins there, but they showed that on their day they can beat anyone with winning Ulster last year. So the interprovincial uh, on the other side of it does give those Wigger counties the um, chance to dream to to win. They're not, I think they accept that maybe they're not going to win in All Ireland, but there is a possibility that they might win an Ulster Championship. So I think maybe get rid of the rest and keep the Ulster Championship. That might be a way to, to um, move forward. In the Ulster Hurling Championship, I've been told before that it was destroyed whenever teams weren't able to get into the All-Ireland Series. Mm -hmm. So you could keep an Ulster Championship in the Hurling and they kept it on for a period, but there was no guarantee that you're going to get into the All-Ireland Series. So there was no point in playing anymore, they felt. Yeah, well, I think that, again, that's a fair enough um, point. And I, I played in the last um, Ulster Hurling um, final against Antrim, and Antrim had won it so many times. And you know, people were saying, you know, what's the point? And then, but you look at Dublin, how many Leinsters that they have won as well, and there's maybe one or two horse horse races here. But obviously, you had the progression to the All Ireland. So I think there needs to be that. Uh, well, where are we going? Why should I give up so much of my time as a young man to play football and hurling? Where is the goal here? Do we have a chance of winning it? Because ultimately, when they talk about amateur sport, it's not an amateur sport. You know, you're playing at professional levels. The level of commitment is professional. You don't get paid. That's the only difference to it. So a lot of people, uh, young players, are saying we're looking around, is this worth my time? Are we going to win an All-Star? Are we going to uh, ch challenge for um, an All-Ireland? Or where is the potential glory here? Because you want to play to win. And having the Ulster Championship or Monster Championship gives that outlet or potential to win. But if you change that, you have to also, even if it goes to the Champions League format, 
are you going to, and you just have the All-Ireland um, to look forward to, is someone in um, Calvin going to say, I'm going to give my everything, yeah, to put on the Calvin jersey, which is great, but realistically, are we going to beat Donegal? Realistically, are we going to beat Dublin? Are we going to beat the Carries of this world in that type of format? And am I going to give up eight, nine, ten months of my uh, life to do that? And you know, that's a big question. I think it's as the demands increase, it's going to be maybe next year and the year after. And with COVID, people are saying there's other ways to live as well. So it certainly will be an interesting to see how the GAA tackle the problem. Yeah, I think it's going to take a while before they come up with a solution. Um, and hopefully my, our next guest, uh, Charlie Vernon of Armagh, a man you know well, will give us a, maybe a, more answers or more questions about it. Yeah, well, he certainly might have more answers than me anyway. Cal, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you, Ron. So our next guest is former Armagh footballer Charlie Vernon. Charlie, we were chatting with Cal there about the Ulster Championship and uh, the future of it, since the GA are talking about changing it, redevelopment, restructuring it. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to sort of know what you think. Cal sort of felt that um, it was time for it to go. It was no use having teams beating teams by such great margins and it needs to be changed. What, what's, what's your thoughts on the Ulster Championship? Should yeah. it change? Should it stay? What do you think? I suppose I have mixed views. I've won two Ulster Championships myself and their medals that I hold very dearly in terms of, um, you know, at that time it would have been very, very competitive and difficult to win and there were cherished, cherished victories. That's still the case and there's both people in Ulster would have a special, the Ulster Championship would have a special place in the heart in terms of the memories and the big games over the years that, you know, teams would have played and people want to be part of that and that's understandable. But when you look at it in the round, you know, the other provincial championships, Connacht, Leinster, you know, Munster, you know, they would have always been less competitive, but I think that's got even sort of worse. That situation has deteriorated where you get these teams that are winning by, you know, 20 points margins. Now, like, there's no argument to say that that's sensible. Like, that's not a, a sensible or logical competition where you have such a gulf in the, the two competitors. You know, it's, it's a waste of time for the winner. It's a waste of time for the losers. It's a waste of time for spectators and everybody involved. So there's no real strong argument to keep that format. So. Unfortunately, I think it has you know the time has kind of passed for change. Like it, it, it's it's kind of urgent at this stage when you look at the score lines that some teams are racking up, and you know teams are putting huge effort and resources into preparing for these games, and you know it it, it really is a kind of it's 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 a waste of time. A, a large amount of these games in provincial championships, and that has been recognised, I think, and. Possibly people have discussed about leaving the Ulster Championship possibly as like a pre-season competition and turning the Mechanic Cup into like an Ulster mini Ulster Championship to retain some element of it. Um, it's possibly one way they go. Obviously, it demeans the competition, but you would like to think that something that replaces it in terms of the All Ireland structure, you know, would 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 help you know would help with that and teams playing at their own level. You know, um, one thing you get you know from some of which surprises me, you know, in terms of some, some of the weaker counties will come out and say, well, we want our chance to play in the All-Ireland Championship and, you know, they're nearly happy enough with the status quo. I don't know, I've ch chatted a few people over this, like it's a bit like, like, I want to compete in the Olympics, but unfortunately I don't meet the standard. So it's, it's one of those ones where you have to kind of prove you're going to meet the standard, I, th I think, you know, yes, if you want to compete, we'll show us that you're good enough to compete. And the other side of it is improving the weaker teams. You know, being able to basically offer 
offer sort of the same sort of coaching and knowledge, share that knowledge, share that experience, share the resources around weaker counties to make them better, you know, because, you know, it isn't magic what Dublin did. It's, it's hard work and it's smart planning and it's, you know, putting the resources where they need to go and doing the right things, you know. There's plenty of work being done, but maybe people aren't doing the right work. Uh, and I think that can be improved to improve the, the lot of weaker counties, if you like. Is there a danger if we remove the Ulster Championship, we'll lose something? Like, well, is there something that will be, will be lost if it disappears? I think there is. Like, that's a fair comment. Yeah, um, like, when you think back, you suppose, with a nostalgic sort of um, viewpoint on it, like, some of the best games that I've ever seen have been Ulster Championship games. Um, Ulster Championship finals, you know, if you think back through, obviously I was born in the 80s, but like 90s, early 2000s, you know, Ulster finals in Croke Park with 80,000 people at them. Like, that's something to hold on to. I understand that, but there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a market there for it whenever the teams are so competitive. And t at times you can get four or five that are operating at a very high level and you will get really good semi-final games, final games, maybe first round games, you know. You, you can recall numerous examples where all Ireland champions have been knocked out in the first round, you know, where the underdog has had their day. And there is a strong argument in terms of that element of being able to retain that. But unfortunately, in the context of the All Ireland, you know, series, it doesn't really make sense to retain an Ulster Championship without retaining all the others. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think it's worth a try at something else because we've had this for quite a while. And I think it is worth a try. But um, I accept you will. You will lose something on one hand, but you may gain a whole lot on the other. The, the qualifier system that they brought in, um, sort of, we felt that that was a chance to give teams another go, hmm. you know, another day out, and that we felt it feels like that's what people want. Mm -hmm. That they don't want to have to train us all year just to play one game. Yeah. But is it would it be fair to say that the qualifiers only really help the stronger teams? I suppose when you when you look at it, I don't think that's overly fair that it only helped the stronger teams. Like it does give a chance for teams to have a bit of progress, a bit of, um, like I know myself, a couple of the qualifier runs that we had after maybe a very poor performance in the first round of the Provincials, regrouped and really got our act together and ended up in an All-Ireland quarter-final and we did that three or four times, like you've seen Tyrone and multiple All-Irelands out of the qualifiers, obviously they're one of the big teams, but you do get these sort of, they talk about fairy tale stories where teams have gotten a bit of a run, a bit of a momentum. Um, and I think when you compare that to the situation at the minute where you get a team, like I know Claire was used as an example, where they're a competitive outfit, you know, they're a, a team full of fairly you know, capable players, but they're sitting in the house in, you know, in June and they don't have another game then for until 2022. You know, it, it seems to be a bit unfair, you know, for in terms of they've got three or four league games and one championship game for that amount of effort. You compare that to, you know, Premiership Soccer, AFL, big sports in America, like in terms of the, that training ratio to games is all this talked about as well. I mean, when you, when you analyse that, you say like that, that doesn't make sense, like, mm. really doesn't. So many other sports in the world use a, a league system to decide who's the best team in their, mm -hmm. in their competition, whereas in the GA we look to a knockout system, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, in the England the FA Cup's the yeah. secondary competition, whereas the mm -hmm. Premier League or Premiership is the, yeah. is the competition, you know, so yeah. you really, really moving towards that better idea of who's the best team is. Yeah, I know they talk about that maybe Champions League format where you get a bit of, bit of both. Um, I think if anybody, you know, was objectively look at the, 
the competitions over the past sort of 10, 15 years, like the National League has been no doubt, like the one that's sort of entertaining, teams playing at their own level, you know, teams having games week on week. Um, like, I think it's, it's something that players prefer, managers prefer, you know, um, spectators get, get plenty of action. There's opportunity for growth and progression. I do think whatever system that kind of gets developed is that you do have opportunities where teams that are middle tier have an opportunity to play against teams at the top tier because you do learn from that. Um, that's, that's important and it's, it's something that maybe needs factored into that you don't just like put so-called weaker counties in a, in a wee bubble of their own and just sort of neglect them and you know keep them down sort of thing. Like you re I think there really is work to be done in terms of raising, you know, putting the hand down to help people up you know in terms of that end of it. So it's kind of it's hard to envisage an all Ireland to be based on a league format exclusively. I don't see that being being a being an option, just given the tradition of the GAA and people want to see that knockout element of it. But there's no reason why they can't be combined, you know. Yeah, and with that in mind, this year's Ulster Championship sort of looks like it has sort of evened itself out, where the if you wanted to call seeded teams have sort of been separated, and we look like we could they could all meet and towards the. Yeah. The semi-final stages. What did you think uh, at the, of the weekend? There, your county were out against Antrim and um, Monaghan were playing for Mana. What, yeah. what were your takeaways from those two games? I suppose looking at the Armagh game, you know, I think the scoreline definitely would have flattered Armagh in the end up. I think the 13 points was the margin, but anybody watching the game would have known. You know, it didn't really look as if there was 13 points between the two teams during it. I think Armagh, when they look back, but you know, over that game, they'll probably be very disappointed with how they played in the first half, especially. Um, in terms of maybe sort of looking at it sort of a tactical point of view or you know in terms of the shape Armagh were using at times I thought they maybe could have left more people up the pitch and I don't know if that was the plan or not but you know I think they gave Antrim too much of the ball like in terms of Antrim would have players that you know certainly looking on that if you put pressure on them you might have been able to get turnovers up the pitch but Armagh seemed to be content with you know, sort of sitting in their own half and containing them now possibly that's a dress rehearsal for the bigger games that they're going to come down the track and maybe that's that's fair enough and you can't argue the 13 point victory but I think it's a good place to be in terms of Armagh they've, they've won by a significant margin but still plenty to improve on like the, the by no means that was by no means a, a perfect performance and you know all the boys would acknowledge that themselves um, but not a bad place mentally to be in terms of you know did got the job done and can move on to the next day and analyse analyze Monaghan and, and, and work away from that in terms of Monaghan I think it's hard to get a true reading of it because I think Fermanagh have they sort of they went back a wee bit this year in terms of the number of personnel that you know weren't available to them, the number of guys that had stepped away at the start of the year, they weren't really as competitive as they normally are. So you know it was fully expected that Monaghan would have beaten Fermanagh again. Similar, they got the job done, and you know um, possible room for improvement there. So it was the big talking point going to the next game would be the fitness of Conor McManus. Connor's obviously integral to you know any success that Monaghan would hope to achieve, um, and a team without him on it, compared to a team with him on it, is two different two different propositions. But I've seen in the past at club and county level where your star player is missing that everybody raises it up, and um, certainly if one team's fit to get a big performance out in any given day, it's it's Monaghan, and I think they'll relish that chance to the CR Mark Humman and. You know, Bantley's still there and plenty of history there as well and they'll, they'll certainly not lack motivation but I'd like to think Armagh have you know, improved enough that they would have enough quality to go and 
have the confidence to go and win that game, you know. But um, certainly not much in it now. It's a, it's a fascinating matchup, you know. Monaghan have got the the banana skin that they often out of the way, mm. and they in the you know sometimes they take the eye off the ball they did against Romana before. Yeah. But then they've got this game over against Armagh, which is a, which is a will be an absolute cracker. Aye. The Monaghan have definitely have a couple of good young players coming through there. I was very impressed with um, Mulligan coming through there, young Iron Mulligan and Stephen O'Hanlon. I've seen Monaghan a couple of times this year and. Hard to be at pace and athleticism, and um, those guys have that in abundance. You know, they'll, they'll definitely cause Armagh trouble in terms of their their attacking their attacking threat. Um, Conor McCarthy's been playing sort of good stuff this year as well, and Jack McCarron's hitting a bit of form too. So it's not the case where they're totally reliant on McManus, but obviously he's a, he's a huge help if he's fit to play at all. Big time, yeah. He'll take he can take players away from those other guys mm -hmm. if you know uh, but yeah you're right McCarran has been they, they yeah. do have that sort of spread where yeah. they it does look like they've got more firepower up there yeah what mm -hmm. do you think of um this weekend you know the this weekend's games are Derry and Donegal the um yeah yeah there's been a lot of chat about Derry and the improvement that they've made and Rory Gallagher's definitely done a done a good job in terms of they've sort of regrouped and you can see there's a wee bit of hunger there and togetherness I've seen them a couple of times um they played very well in division three um you know, certainly full value for coming up to Division Two again. You know, you know their team is littered with with quality players, and you know they're not. Yes, they have a good mix. You know, the likes of you know, but they do have good leaders, old leaders as well, like Chrissy McKeague and um, those guys, the Slack Neil guys, with you know plenty of sort of victories behind them at, at club level, and you know they can certainly you know show them the way. I think the danger is, and the concern you would have for Derry is like. The level that they have been playing at is Division Three. If the caveat that the good performances by the level of the teams that they're beating, we found that to our cost in our a couple of times where we were going well in Division Three, you know, beating teams by a decent enough margin, playing well, playing on the front foot, you know, and then we go and meet a Division One team in the championship and just different proposition, not the same space, time in the ball, you know, your mistakes punished heavily compared to getting away with things, you know, at, at, at playing other teams. So it's something that Rory Gallagher will be very much aware of in terms of trying to drill that into the players that, you know, if they have to be any chance at all, then they'd be on top of their game. But a Derry team that gives a top performance will certainly cause Donegal a lot of bother, I would say. Again, you know, Murphy's availability comes into the mix too, but having seen Donegal in close quarters, you know, they do have a lot of experience and a lot of, a lot of good players. and consistently a Division 1 team, consistently sort of competitive in the Championship, you, you know, you would have to, you know, Bally Buffet as well, like it's a difficult place to, I, I don't think they've been beaten there too often in the, in the Championship, so it's a difficult place to go and get a result, but um, just where the two teams are at the minute, Declan Bonner's been there a couple of years with, with, um, with Donegal and they're just really kind of in this sort of infancy in terms of this progression, you know, so it would be a, it would be a shock, you know, that if they could get a result, but I, I certainly think, you know, Derry, they're not like confidence going to the game anyway, in terms of they the have been putting in some, some, re, some really good performances. And also Donegal probably still have the memory of losing to Cavan in the Ulster mm. final last year. Yeah. But you're, and, but on another side, will they even get to play Cavan? Because what, 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 what Cavan team would you expect to turn up after them getting relegated again, going yeah. up against the Throne team who've got yeah. Earl Farron and all cylinders? Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough proposition for Cavan now in terms of they're pretty low ebb in terms of that that psychological blow of, of going to Division Four. Um, 
unfortunately, you know, it, it's, it's hard to see anything well. And from a Calvin point of view, it's unfortunately that we can't see them overturning Tyrone. You know, yes, you know they had a they had a huge huge victory last year. People talk about yeah, Tyrone guys are talking them up, saying they're the current Ulster champions and they need to take, give them respect and all. That. And that's that's fair enough. And Calvin will have a big performance in them, definitely. You know, they'll you know they'll have circled the wagons and they'll have you know looked themselves in the mirror and really addressed like you know. That, that simply wasn't good enough. They'll acknowledge that themselves, and they'll really be coming out all guns firing. But I'd imagine that if Tyrone approach the game, you know, the way they should, that you know they should be coming away with a with a victory, comfortable enough, you know. And then, if we expect at the end of the we end of the weekend, or the those teams win Donegal and Tyrone, it'll be in fall through that the teams in Division One should be playing, should be yeah. you know separated from the team below and yeah. spark the end to the Ulster Championship. Yeah. Was a little kickstart then, you would imagine, you know. But um, the uh, I'd imagine now um, that'll be Donny. You'd imagine Donny Gall and Tyrone would come through uh, on that side, and that would have been sort of the expectation. But you wouldn't rule out an upset somewhere along the line, you know. It'd be pretty plain sailing now if it ends up um, just the predicted results coming through, you know. But I'd like to see. I really would like to see the Arma team getting to an Ulster final, you know, because I think the. They've put enough of a shift in, in terms of trying to deserve, you know, to deserve that, you know, that chance at it, you know. And the guys have talked a lot about trying to get back to, back to competing at that level, and that's kind of been a target for a while. So um, it would be nice to see them now playing, playing an Ulster final again. But it really would. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to concentrate on Mullen first. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, I appreciate you coming in. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Um, hope to see us again soon. Thank no you. One hundred percent. Thank you, Ron. <laughs>